presence of God. It's so important that we empty ourselves and we pour ourselves out and we say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, that we really would cry out to him and tell him how we feel, that we would pour our heart out and bow down and worship him. That's what they did. They worshiped the king. They worshiped the Lord. They gave him themselves. They said, God, we love you. We've been searching. We've been following. We've been seeking. We've been on this journey for a long time. And we finally got to see him. They didn't say, hey, look at us. We're famous people from far off. They didn't say, look what we brought. No, they knew that they were in the presence of God Almighty. They knew that they were in the presence of the Messiah. They knew they were in the presence of God. How many times have you come into church and you missed that altogether? You just came and you came the same old, same old, and you didn't come into the presence of Almighty God. You didn't come expecting to come and have a union and a connection with God. You just came to complete the moment and say, I went to church tonight. Let's see who I see. Maybe we could go out to dinner afterwards. But instead, you come into church and you really realize, wow, I'm in the presence of Almighty God. And I came to worship him. I came to give up myself to him. I came to surrender my heart and say, thank you, Lord. I love you and I worship you. In the book of Matthew, or Mark, rather, chapter 12, in verse 28 to 30, it says, one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. And they were arguing over scripture and, and, and he realized that Jesus had answered very well. So he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind and all of your strength. He said, this is the most important thing, that you put God first, that God is the one and only. You don't share him with anyone else. He's a jealous God that wants all of our love, all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our thoughts, all of our actions. He wants everything. He doesn't want to share us with anyone or anything. He's surrendering himself to us, giving of himself to us so that we might surrender ourselves to him. And we come before him and we come with jubilant prayer and jubilant songs and jubilant just spirit. And we say, thank you, God, for what you're doing. But in the midst of that, sometimes we lose focus and we forget why we're there. And we forget that it's all about him, not about us. And we come into his presence and then we kind of just get distracted or we surrender ourselves to something else or someone else. And God is saying, but I'm calling you, I'm asking you to spend that time with me and only me, that you would give of yourself only to me and only this moment that you and I would be one. And God wants us to be one. And he says, that's why it's so important that you love the Lord your God with all of your heart that nothing else is devoted to anything or anyone else but him. With all of your soul, that your spirit that rejoices and connects with God is not just separated from anything other than him. 
connected to him, united with him, built with him, and that your mind, your mind is consumed. You have the mind of Christ. You're processing life through Christ as the filter. You're processing life through God's word and his spirit. You're processing life through the things he's showing you and all of your strength, that he fortifies you and strengthens you, and he gives you power, and he gives you the spirit to be able to do the things that he's called you to do. These are the things he wants. These are the things he has. And these are the things he asks for you to surrender. So it's a surrendered heart. It's a surrendered moment. That's a time where we come and we bow before him. They entered the house and they bowed before Mary and they bowed before Jesus. And they said, worthy is the lamb. They worshiped him. They couldn't wait to just give them their heartfelt feelings. Don't you wait to just with anticipation coming to church to say, God, I get to tell you how much I love you, how much I need you, how much I want you. I just get to praise your name and thank you for all you're doing. You get to lift up his name in prayer. You get to lift up his name in worship. You get to lift up his name in adoration. And then you say, thank you, God, for all you're doing. The wise men came and they bowed, and they worshiped him. They started with their heart. They started with their spirit. They started with their mind. They started with their very being and said, God, we love you, and we want you to know how much we love you, and we want you to know how much we need you, and we want you to know that it's been worth every bit of the journey that we have been on to come into your presence. Oh, that we would have that same heart, that same attitude, that we just say, God, thank you for the opportunity that we have to come into your presence. Thank you, Father, for what you do, and thank you for how you show us that. Another thing they did, if we're going to give God the best in the gifts that we give, we have to understand that They gave gifts that were really valuable. They were the best. Look at verse 11. We read it there. They entered the house. They bowed and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest. They could have said, man, we've come a long way, and we didn't expect to find this. We expected to find a palace. We expected to find Jesus the king in a palace with a lot of gold and a lot of jewels and a lot of luxury. Instead, we find this, but it says they opened up their chest, treasure chest, and they gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. They gave the very best they had. They gave the very best they could. They got everything out of their treasure chest and said, God, here it is. We're surrendering this to you. We're giving of this to you, Lord. We're giving it, Lord God, because we are so thrilled that we got to find you and find your presence. And Lord, now we're not only in your presence, but we offer you gifts present. We're giving you the very best of our best the best of our gifts, the best gifts that we possibly have. We're giving you gold. There's nothing greater, nothing more valuable than what we own, than this gold. We're giving you everything, Lord. We're acknowledging everything is yours. It's not ours. And we're laying it down here at your feet. We're supplying for your every need. 
Your family's poor and we're going to take care of them. God has given us these gifts to give to you so that he would meet your every need. And we thank you for that. Scholars believe that Joseph was much older than Mary and Joseph died not too much into Jesus' life. And so Mary was a, a widow and Jesus was a carpenter. But we also know that they were a poor family and God had supplied gold to be able to fund them and take care of them throughout their life and to be able to watch out for them and to meet their need because of the gifts they gave. We're in the middle of giving gifts. This is Christmas time and people are exchanging gifts and, and sometimes they give you a gift and, and you're like, oh man, uh, you know what? I have a gift for you. I didn't know I was gonna see you. I'll get it after I go to Walgreens. You know, <laughs> you, you feel like you have to give this gift and you have to give it of equal value and so you look and see what they gave you so that you could give them something that's of equal value instead of just saying, I just wanna give you the best gift that I can. It might not be the best gift that you can. You might have the ability to give a greater gift, but this is the best I have, and I'm giving it to you with love. I'm giving it to you with joy. I'm trying to give it to you with just peace. There's people that have given me gifts before, and they didn't realize they were re-gifting <laughs> because the gift they gave me had someone else's name on it. Sometimes they've given me a gift card. They go, God bless you. And I go, thank you. But my name isn't Lulu. My name isn't Tommy. My name, and, 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 and they're just saying, I want to give you something, but it's not the best I could get. God is saying, give the best you could give. Give the best you could give unto the Lord. They gave gold. They gave frankincense. Frankincense was a very, very expensive perfume. It was an oil. And it's really interesting because frankincense and myrrh were very expensive, and they, they used to use them in trade sometimes. Instead of money, they would use frankincense and myrrh, and they would trade these things for something when they were there shopping. But it's really interesting because frankincense and myrrh were used for people when they died. And it's really interesting because scholars said, here they came to give gold, frankincense, and myrrh to a baby. They gave him gifts to bury him. Did they know, perhaps? God did. God knew his destiny. Mary's sitting there going, wow, you've poured this out. Thank you for giving. See, God wants us to give from our heart. In the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, through 21, it says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths can eat them and rust can destroy them and where thieves can break in and steal. He says, store your treasure in heaven where moths and or rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So he's saying, don't you understand the treasures that you give, the things that you treasure are showing where your heart is. It's showing where you are. And so many times we are not giving out of our heart. We're giving to protect ourselves. Like, man, I don't want to give that much. Goodness gracious. 
I'll never forget when I was a young boy and I was starting to work and and uh, we had gone to church and I had gotten paid for a job that I had done and and I had $22 to my name. And so I had put a $20 bill in my left pocket that I was going to use later and I put $2 in my right pocket. So when the offering basket, they used to pass a basket around and when they gave the basket, I was going to throw in my $2. But guess what? When it came time to give, I forgot which pocket I put the money in. And so when time came to give, I reached into my pocket and I pull a $20 bill out. And I'm a young kid. I'm probably, you know, 12 or 13. And and the usher is going there with the basket and he looks at me and he stops like, dude, are you going to put in 20 bucks? You're a kid. And I must have looked like, oh, I put in 20 bucks. I'm a kid. So after service, I'll never forget, the usher came up to me and he goes, here, kid, I'm sure you didn't mean to put $20 in the offering. And now my pride's on the line. So I said, of course I did. Yes, I I meant to put that in there. Please leave it in the offering. And he's looking at me like, wow, kid, you gave more than me. And inside I'm going, oh, my pride isn't letting me take my money back. I hadn't given that with all my heart. I hadn't given the best of my best. Now, I gave the best of my best because I only had a 20 and then two ones. So that was the best. But I didn't give it out of my heart. I gave it out of mistake. And I wonder how many times we do that. We're coming to give to the Lord, but we're like, oh, man, no, I calculated. I don't want to give that. So I'm going to give out of the right pocket. I'll give them two bucks. And by mistake, you give, and you're like, oh, what have I done? What have I done? God is saying, I want you to give it from your heart. Because where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. And where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So what's the evidence of your heart? Is it leftovers or is it the very first gift? In Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, he says right there, no one can serve two masters. You will hate one and love the other or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. And he says, you cannot serve both God and money. And there's so many people that want to serve money. They're always chasing that dollar. And people think, oh, you know what? Money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. That's not what the Bible says. It says the love of money is the root of all the evil. So you could be dirt poor, but still have the lust of money, the lust of things, the desire that you want it so bad, you'll do anything to get it. That's what messes you up. That's the sin he wants you to avoid. Most of us don't give sacrificially to God of what we have. We give reluctantly out of what we have left. So we're giving him the leftover. We get our paycheck and we go blow it on all of us and then whatever's left, oh yeah, well here God. It's almost like giving him a tip. Hey, God bless you. You give more at a restaurant. Some of you tip 20% at a restaurant and you don't even give 10% here. And you ought to ask yourself, what is it that I'm doing? Am I really giving God the best gifts of my gifts? 
or am I just giving him leftovers? And I am I kind of playing around with it? Am I kind of just coasting along and I'm really not giving what God is requiring and I'm not really not giving what God is asking and I'm really not giving what God wants? And we're holding out on God and we're not giving sacrificially, but instead we're giving reluctantly. And God says he loves a cheerful giver. Someone that's going, yeah, baby, I get to give. Yeah, this is amazing. My granddaughter blessed us so much. She said, so what do you want for Christmas? Is there anything you want from Santa? She goes, yes, and she told her daddy. Daddy, I want to tell Santa I want French toast for Christmas. And he goes, French toast? She goes, yes, Daddy, I want French toast for Christmas. He goes, do you want any gifts? And she goes, no, Dad, you know what I'd like? Can we go buy some gifts and give it to the kids that are in the hospital that are bald, that don't have hair? And man, it melted us, and we thought, wow, she's getting it. She's understanding. It's not about just feeding ourselves, but giving to others, others that are broken, others that are in need, others that don't have. I thank God that we're a church that knows how to give outside of ourselves. I was telling someone earlier today that this year we gave out 1,400 and I think 93 toys to kids. That's a lot of toys, people. That's a lot of kids. Saturday night or Sunday night, we had our Christmas program. And Pastor Chris and Pastor Sonia from UHC came up to me and they go, hey, Santa showed up and he has 100 backpacks for kids with him. And all the kids lined up to take a picture with him. Santa and got a backpack filled with some goodies. Man, they know how to give outside of themselves. You see, we, we try to give our best gifts that we could possibly give of emptying ourselves. I was telling you, we gave 16,500 pounds of food on Saturday and, I mean, on Friday, and, and the very next day we gave out 100 food baskets because God is teaching us how to give sacrificially, not reluctantly, to pour ourselves out and to empty ourselves and to give of ourselves and to give to people that are in need. Thank you for what you do. Those of you watching online, some of you don't come back to church yet because you're a little concerned about the pandemic, but you come out and you help and volunteer and you came out and you helped pack those boxes and make them in frigid cold. It was 32 degrees, and we had 45 volunteers putting together 300 food baskets. It was amazing. It was a glorious time because people are learning to give the best gifts they can from their heart. And then another thing we see here with the Magi and with the wise men is to give the best gift, the, the, the best of our best, 
is a commitment to God. A commitment to God. You see, when they were following the star, they knew it was the star of a of a king, the the, the star of the king of the Jews, and and they had gone to to Jerusalem and they went to Herod's palace and they go, Herod, you know, we're looking for the king of the Jews. And he goes, wait, what? I'm the king of the Jews. I'm the king of Rome. I'm the king. I am the king. What are you talking about? And they go, well, we, we've been following this star. And, and, and so he calls for the religious leaders and, and they say, yeah, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. And so... Herod says, when you find him, let me know so I could go worship him. He didn't want to go worship him. He wanted to go kill him, eliminate him. If you can't beat him, it wasn't join him. If you can't beat him, eliminate him. And so the wise men said, okay. But the Lord sent a message, an angel to, to them, and he said, don't go back to Herod. He'll, he'll kill the Christ child. So it says there in verse 12 of Matthew chapter 2 that when it was time for them to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. It says, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. See, they made a commitment to God, not to Herod. They made a commitment to someone even higher, the king of kings, the king of glory. They made a commitment to God. We are gonna do what you want us to do, not what anyone else wants us to do. And like the wise men, let's offer Christ nothing but the best. They said, we have come here and we bowed down and they worshiped the king. They opened up their heart and worshiped. They opened up their treasure chest and gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then they had made a commitment. We're not gonna go back because we've made a commitment to God. We've made a commitment to do it your way, God, and not our way. We've made a commitment to be able to follow what God wants and not what man wants. Sometimes man will cause you and want you to not serve God Sometimes there's been moms or dads that say, how dare you go to that church? How dare you go to an evangelical church? How dare you go to a non-denominational church or the denomination that they are serving in and that you grew up in? And they're mad at you for that. And they can't even, sometimes they go, you're no son of mine if you're going to that church. You're no daughter of mine. Yet you were serving the devil and you were almost getting killed with with your drug addiction and your alcoholism and the bad decisions and just doing things that you shouldn't have been doing. And now that you're serving God, they go, how dare you go to that church? Yet God says that he didn't come to bring families together. He came to really, to really not to tear them apart, but in other words, to make a decision that you would either have to choose God or you would have to choose yourself and your family. And in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34 through 37, it says, <clears throat> don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. He goes, I came not to bring peace but a sword. He didn't mean to be fighting with your family, but he brought a sword to, to, to sever you. Like when a baby's born, they, they cut the umbilical cord. You no longer are living off of your mother. You are now living on your own. And he says, I came to bring a sword. I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law 
against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. And if you love your father or your mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or your daughter more than you love me, you're not worthy of being mine. Now, he's not saying he wants us to hate our family members and not respect our father and our mother or our brother or sister or our son or our daughter, but he's saying, listen to me. There's some people that put their children before God. They put their husband or wife before God. They put their family members before God. They do all these things and put God further and further and further down the totem pole, further and further and further down the list. And God is saying, don't you understand? I want you to put me first and all these things will be added unto you. You put me first and then you'll have your dad and your mom and your brother and your sister and your father and your mother and your friend and your neighbor. But you need to put me first. Don't put me second or third or 10 down the list it's got to be me first i didn't come to separate families but i came to make sure that nothing is gonna put be put before god but god first and he's saying don't you understand this i'm trying to help you understand this i'm trying to get you to see this i'm trying to get you to realize this i'm trying to get you to receive this i'm trying to get you to really understand this that I'm number one, that you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength, all of your soul, and you put him first. And all these other things will be given to you. But when you put yourself first or other people or other things first, then you are scrambling around wondering, why is it that I don't have what they have? Haven't you ever met people that make less money than you but have more stuff than you? And you're like, how do they do it? And it's because God is number one in their life. They have God number one. And you know what? They have devoted themselves to the Lord and God blesses them and he takes care of them and he overwhelms them and he lavishes his love upon them. And you go, wow, how is it that you're doing this, Lord? And why is it that you're doing it? He goes, because I said, if you put me first, I'll take care of you. And you're still struggling with that. And you're struggling with it and you're not knowing what is it that I'm supposed to do? What is it and how is it that I'm supposed to do it? And God is saying, don't you understand? I have these things for you, but you need to worship me. You need to worship me without any kind of, any kind of restrictions, a fully surrendered heart. And you need to give of your gifts to me, the best of your gifts giving the best of your gifts and you need to make a commitment to me and to put me first and first and foremost over anything else in your life. So where are you in that journey? Where are you in that struggle? Which of the wise men's gifts most represents what you need to give today? What is it that you're looking at when you look at the story that you say, man, I really need to change something in my life. I need to offer God a fully surrendered heart because I'm still holding out. I'm not giving him my whole heart. I'm just giving him bits and pieces of it. And I think that's enough. And yet God is asking for it all today. Which gift is it that is, is 
the best and you're still holding out and you're holding it for you and your family and your loved ones instead of giving everything to God and watch him give everything right back because it all belongs to him. And he says, don't you understand? I put the cattle on the thousand hills and I own the hills as well. I own it all. And God is trying to help us understand that. Or is it that you're having struggle committing yourself wholeheartedly to God? They committed themselves to God and they said, God told us to go back a different way. We're going to obey God and not Herod. We're going to obey God and not the king. We're going to up the king with the king of glory. And where are you in your journey? Where are you in that journey? Have you fully surrendered your heart? Have you fully given the best of the best of the best to God? Are you still holding out? Have you made a commitment to God to say, God, I'm going to do it your way and not mine. I'm not going to compromise anymore. I'm not going to negotiate anymore. God, I'm going to be fully surrendered to you. And I don't know where you might be and what you might be struggling with. But tonight, would you settle that struggle? Tonight, would you say, God, I want to give you a fully surrendered heart. No more holding back. No more holding out. But giving you my whole heart. Maybe you've got some gifts that you're wrestling with and you've got these prized possessions that you're saying, I'm not going to give this to anyone I'm going to hold it for me and God is saying give it to me because a lot of times God just gives it right back he just wants to make sure that it doesn't have you but that you are controlling it and he wants you to have the best of the best but he wants you to give it to him and maybe you haven't committed yourself fully to God and you're, God is saying one thing but you're still saying well but but God, but God, but God, and God is saying, no, not but God, but God will take care of your every need according to his riches and glory, which are in Christ Jesus. So which one is it that you're finding yourself struggling with? Today, end that struggle and give yourself fully over to God and say, God, everything I have is yours. Would you surrender your heart? If you've never given your life to Christ, start there. If you've never received him as your Savior and your Lord, and you want to do that, say, Pastor, that's me. I would love to do that. Is that you today? You raise your hand and say, Pastor, I'd love to pray to receive Christ. Anyone here today? Well, then I want to just pray with us and for us. So would you stand with me? And if you really are struggling with one of the areas of life that I talked about tonight, that you fully haven't surrendered your heart totally to God and you're holding out and you haven't surrendered completely the best gifts of your life over to him and you haven't committed your heart fully to him to obey him and you want to do that and you're kind of half-stepping it but today you want to surrender all I encourage you to come to the altar and to just pray and to say, God, I want to give you everything. You're my all in all. And I want to surrender it all to you. If there's another need you might have in your life and you want us to pray with you and for you, make your way up right now. 
so we could pray for you and with you and believe that God is going to take care of your every need. Would you make your way up as we sing this song? Sing it out to his glory. <laughs> 